Hello, and welcome back to Season 2 of Set Your Expectations. We are the educational podcast that brings guests on from all over the world to talk about different careers and aspects of life, address the different misconceptions that we as a society have about those subjects. My name is Joe, and I'm your host. With me, as always, is my co-host, Josh. Josh, who do we have today? Well, Joe, I'm glad you asked. We had Jordan Spitnell come in, talk to us about logistics and freight, and just a ton of other things uh, involving freight and logistics which is a subject we explored pretty heavily. Yeah, uh, I think he has about 10 years of experience in the industry, um, so he's got a lot of stuff to share with us that was honestly very enlightening. Uh, I think you guys are going to learn a lot, and I hope you have fun. For the most part, I mean, just like any other job, there's difficulties and challenges day in and day out. And while overall it's kind of the same thing, same shit, different day type of thing, um, I mean, every day there's always something different that kind of keeps you on your toes. So that kind of always changes from day to day. I think we really jumped the gun here because the question you should have asked you is, what does logistics mean? <laughs> because for some reason, I think a lot of people use that word mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't know what logistics actually means. Logistics and freight is a very fragmented type of thing where the, I mean, the basic part of it is moving freight from point A to point B. But there's so many different ways in which you can do that. And there's a lot of different ways on how things are set up to do that. Uh, so, I mean, people probably think, you know, like FedEx, UPS, mm-hmm. USPS, stuff like that. But while that's the big general kind of a to B stuff, like there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff and a lot more than just the big players as far as moving freight. Yeah, I would imagine that there's, I mean, I've seen dozens of companies that move trucks and uh, you see the names on the side of trains all the time. Right. Uh, was it intermodal? Intermodal. <laughs> yeah, that, that, is, that is a type of transport. Um, it's probably like CSX is the big one yeah, that I yeah. know of. I mean, I don't work... I guess in the in the rail industry, so mm-hmm. I don't know too many names. But Norfolk Southern, right? That's another one, isn't it? I honestly don't know. I mean, I don't <laughs> oh. work I don't work in rail, so I don't know all the rail companies. But I know I just know CSX, CSX is a big one. Well, let me let me uh, kind of narrow it down then. When you say freight, I guess mm-hmm. what does it mean in regards to what you do? Right. So what I do specifically now is moving like construction equipment around the country. Uh, so the company I move freight for rents out construction equipment so i'm moving it from like store to store or like from a store to a job site and you know there's a lot of different ways to go about that Um, but before that you know i was working like with an actual like air freight carrier so i was like offloading semi trucks and then like later on the night i would load airplanes okay and then i worked for a different air carrier and at that job i actually loaded the containers that go onto a like a freight plane uh with like boxes and letters and stuff like that okay and i mean are you loading these things yourself by hand well the the containers i was yeah Yeah. so i would have to build these containers and they teach you how to do it Mm -hmm. um because you can't just stack 
all the boxes on top of each other one after another because it's just going to tip over. So you kind of have to like think of like bricklaying okay. where you kind of like brace it against itself so it doesn't like fall forward if like the container shakes because I mean when you're pulling out the plane and stuff there's a lot of like turbulence. Yeah, and, a lot of movement. Like the, the tugs, like basically the little cars they pull them with, like they don't have any fancy suspensions or anything so like any bumpy hits like you're jostling around like crazy and there's... <laughs> okay. How did you get into what you do? I got into it. Um, my older brother actually worked at the place where I first started working in the freight industry. But he was already gone by the time that I had started. But they kind of, it's it was a sort of a high turnover kind of scenario. Um, it, it was actually a pretty easy job, but people just can't show up on time or they would show up drunk or whatever. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you can't do that, especially when there's, forklifts and airplanes and stuff involved so um i put my application out there and it actually took a few months like before they actually got back to me and i was actually uh working at a pizza place at the time and i get a call during my shift and like oh hey is this jordan i'm like yeah and they're like well what's your like social security number stuff i'm like who is this like i'm not gonna give you this information just randomly like oh well this is blah 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 and we're you know, or talking about your application, I'm like, oh, well, that's well, that's a different story. So, as much as I didn't really want to, I kind of I did it obviously because mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, well, we want you to come out this night for an interview, and I mean, it was a third shift position, so my interview was at like midnight or whatever. So, that's the first test. It seemed like can you actually like be awake at that time? Do mm-hmm. you just come to the interview because this is gonna be like the normal time you're working from now on? Uh, so, some people don't even make it to that. <laughs> Yeah, I imagine. I mean, being out at midnight is not my forte any longer now that I work mornings. Right. Uh, at midnight hits, I'm just dead in the eyes. Like mm-hmm. I can't. I cannot stay awake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've turned into an old man basically because I mean, I worked third shift for a few years and then I got back on first shift. So like, I'm just like eight to five now. So I wake up at like six forty-five every morning. So by like. 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, I'm in bed watching, like, YouTube and Crunchyroll or whatever. Then, like, 11's like, oh, it looks like I better hit <laughs> the hay and, yeah, and try to sleep. We're falling asleep. I mean, we're waking up early, like, without alarms, you know? Yeah. yeah my body just wakes up at 7.30 now. There's no, like, there's no two ways about it. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's kind of good because, I mean, waking up to alarms sucks. So, even, like, on the weekend, I don't sleep sometimes too far and, like... You know, even if I wake up at 9.30 or 10, which, I mean, it's still sleeping in, but it's like, oh, man, this is so great because I'm not waking up to an alarm, and it's yeah, like... I slept in today until 9 o'clock. That was my sleep. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, it feels good. Right. Um, so how old are you now? 27. Now, when you first got into this, how old were you then? I was 19. Wow. Eight years. Yeah, well, it's a, it'll be 9 in October. It was... Yeah, October 2008 when I got hired that first place. So I guess you like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah, there's I mean, I, I already I've been in it so long that mm-hmm. there's so much I've done a few different things already where a lot of that experience is really useful and especially you know, I'm 27 and I have like 8 years experience already like, "Oh, that's pretty good." Like, you know, it's pretty attractive to employers. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that your resume is on fire right now. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a degree or anything, but um, I'd like to think that logistics is kind of one of those ones where, I mean, it's, it'd be, obviously it's always nice to have a degree, but experience is really where it's at because there's so many like batshit crazy scenarios that come your way. It's like, well, how can you handle 
stuff on the fly. It's like, well, I, I've had this happen before. I know how to handle yeah. that kind of thing. So I kind of take take it in stride sort of thing. How many logistics companies are there just within like a 50-mile radius from you? Uh, probably thousands, to be really? honest. At, at, if not at least hundreds. I mean, even just like here in Toledo, I can probably name just like 10 right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's a lot of smaller ones too. Right. So again, if you think about like freight and logistics, you think of the big dogs because I mean, they have the advertising money. They're mm-hmm. getting to your eyeballs and your ears and whatnot. But there are so many littler or smaller, I should say, uh, companies they're not as big. They might only have a truck or two. Mm-hmm. They might just haul stuff locally, stuff like that. Or then there's like regional carriers that, um, you know, they'll have more vehicles and obviously you work your way up from there. But mm-hmm. yeah, there's tons of them. So what would you say that your uh, your biggest misconception was about the freight industry before you got into it? I don't know. It just maybe kind of the ignorance of it all. I mean, I kind of, it's one of those things I think my misconception might be just the misconception in general where it's, you know, freight, the freight business is kind of one of those unseen factors. Like, you know, it's there and, but you don't really ever think about it. It's one of those backbones of the, of the country type deals. Yeah. Right. Like, so like, you know, someone's got to do it and it's always happening no matter what. Right. So like people always say like some of the, like when the recession hit, like there's some recession resistant or proof industries like, People are still going to get sick. People are still going to die. So hospitals and funeral homes are still going. Mm-hmm. Freight is kind of the same way. I mean, they, of course, take hits because people, you know, tighten their belts and don't move as much. But, like, you still got to move stuff no matter who you are. Um, so not knowing kind of that and then just all of the intricacies of the industry kind of going in. I thought it was just kind of like, oh, just put stuff on a truck and... <laughs> But from point A to point B, it's like, whoa, 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 hold on. Like, there's a lot more than that. So, yeah, I think that's the general misconception. I think my misconception probably was thinking that all truckers are properly trained before they're driving next to other (laughs) drivers. Yeah, that's... And that is not true at all, right? No, I deal with that a lot, actually. I mean, pretty standard stuff, like it's called the PPE, like personal protection equipment. So like steel toed boots, jeans, gloves, reflective vests, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like drivers are typically supposed to have that. Just It's just generally good stuff to have. Yeah. I, I don't know how many times, oh yeah, there's a guy in my yard trying to pick up this forklift with his like truck and he's in like flip flops and short shorts. <laughs> it's like, I understand you want to be comfortable when you're driving, but you're loading like heavy in my case like heavy machinery and even if you're just moving little packages like i don't want anything dropping on my feet without you know proper steel toe boots or whatever but like oh hey you know this thing decided to fall out of this like forklift or something and it just like fell on your foot like yeah that might be bad (laughs) not only that but i mean even just driving i mean some of these people don't have much experience in driving before they go out there no there's and that's actually one of the, the things when i got hired at my current job that my boss was talking to me about was how much a lot of the drivers, like the semi drivers and stuff that are on the road, like so many of them are retiring and there's so little comparatively people getting into it. So basically what that, and how that relates to your statement is basically when people get their CDL or whatever, they're like driving right away. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. There's like little 
practice time and where you're right. gonna practice other than a I don't know a, I, a fucking road a yeah. highway. Jesus. Well, he he brought this up to me, and I, I my retort was, yeah, but it's the same thing with teenagers. Like we're driving next to untrained teenagers right. every single day, and that's really, I mean, equally as scary. I mean, because. The amount of semis I can pass on a daily basis, I can avoid those. Right. I can't avoid, you know, uh, Blake and his friends in his dad's G6. You know I mean? I, there's no way. I agree with you. I just feel like comparatively the damage that can be done is huge. Yeah. That, that is another thing, too. I mean, I actually just watched somebody posted a, a video, like Facebook video of like people like cutting off like semi drivers and stuff, which I mean, wasn't I was, like any of the fault of the semi drivers, but like. Maybe these people aren't very experienced drivers that are yeah. like, hey, I'm going to pass right in front of a semi and like not give them any room. Like, well, I hope you like get reamed in the asshole because this thing's going to plow right in. Yeah. You. Like, I hope you enjoy not having an uh, ass into your car because right. that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I I think about it and, and that's the demand for the drivers is so high. Uh, how does that affect your your job and your business? Um, the biggest thing... Um, with when you get to like the larger vehicles like semis and stuff you need special licenses and they're actually like dot like department of transportation regulated so they can only be active for so many hours before having like a mandatory eight to ten hour shutdown period so they so they can sleep because Mm -hmm. beforehand they would just oh i'm awake i can drive whatever because they drive to make money so like i'm just gonna drive as much as possible so i'm not gonna sleep at all Mm -hmm. well then you know people driving tired and start crashing and stuff. It's like, whoa, 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 we got to stop that. So I'm not sure how long ago that stuff was implemented. Uh, but the way that it affects my job, I kind of on a day-to-day basis is, you know, somebody says, I want this picked up and I want it delivered as soon as possible. And it's like, well, that can't really happen because it's 500 miles and, you know, they can't just drive that straight. Like they need to take a break at some point, just not for, for gen- just general safety for their own, and then, obviously, you don't want them to crash with your freight on their truck. So, how often do you deal with crashes? How does that hold you up and affect your business? Right, crashes and stuff. Honestly, I don't. I haven't dealt with a lot. Um, really, the the accidents that happen are when I go to load a piece of equipment, and they say, "Oh yeah, it's like eight and a half feet tall." Okay, so I get this specific trailer that can handle up to eight and a half feet tall. Well, when that trailer goes to load this piece and it's 10 feet tall and they don't check before they leave, well, now it's considered over height. Mm-hmm. So they have a forklift on their truck. Oh, hey, I'm just driving under a bridge. Oh, hey, it's too tall. Boom. And I mean, like people damage bridges. And <laughs> if you've heard anything about bridges and how like pretty much they're all shit right now because they haven't been updated in forever. Mm-hmm. And then so that sucks. And then obviously like, oh, yeah, you're like $80,000 forklift is now like the actual like frame is messed up because you just slammed at like highway speeds into a tunnel <laughs> or a bridge. Oh, so it can get pretty scary. Um, I've had to deal with a couple of those. Thankfully, where I'm at now, like, I don't have to deal with like the claims process or anything. I basically just worry about the actual transportation of equipment. Uh, so like that's something my corporate office does. Like, oh yeah, they need to file a claim for damages. I'm like, like I don't want to deal with that. I mean, obviously, I help as much as I can with like, you know, what happened, when did this happen, sort of thing. But that part in particular, I don't really deal with. 
on average, like when you meet somebody and you tell them what you do, what is a general person's uh, reaction to that? They probably think it hasn't come up too often, but I think when I say like I work in the freight and logistics business, they probably think I just work at like UPS or FedEx, either loading trucks or maybe even driving trucks. Yeah. Um, but in all, like right now, I just work in an office. <laughs> basically, kind of work as like a dispatcher, kind of, you know, basically I find carriers to find or to move freight from point A to point B, um, make sure that the truck I get can actually move it, make sure that both ends can actually load this trailer and unload it because sometimes they don't have like a dock or something. So I need something with like ramps so they can just drive it up on. Um, so that's more of the stuff that I deal with. So it's kind of more the brain side of it as opposed to like the brawn. Because again, it, when you think of freight, you think of like you know, loading trucks and stuff like that. Right. I'm kind of more, I'm kind of away from that part a little bit. Um, not really physically dealing with the loading and unloading on a personal level, but more just kind of coordinating everything to make sure that all the puzzle pieces fit together. So that way there's no issues. Do you feel like you are challenged enough? Yeah, because even though you might move the same forklift, you know, if you move the same forklift on three different days, it could be three totally different things uh, based on what where you're picking up from, called the shipper, what how they can load it, the type of truck you can move it on based on how big the piece is, and then you know based on how the delivery point usually called like the end point or the consignee yeah. how they can offload it and yeah there's a million different things that can go in oh yeah there's so many variables and it just depends <laughs> on a day-to-day -day basis i mean even if you move it from the same point a to same point b like oh yeah we had a dock last week and now we don't have one like how did you like lose a dock <laughs> well we don't have one anymore so you gotta figure out how to load this thing uh okay when you have these like complicated runs do you feel more excitement or do you feel more annoyance as far as like excited, like I'm not like, oh yeah, like I get to move this today or whatever. Like it's like, oh. and I mean, there are times where like, wow, this is really cool. Like I'm moving this huge like excavator that weighs like 70,000 pounds. Like I never moved this thing. Like this thing's pretty sweet. <laughs> or this thing needs like a police escort to move because it's like so wide. It takes up like two lanes in the highway sort of thing. Like it's rare that that stuff happens. So like when that stuff happens, I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but sure. for the most part, if they're like the more intricate moves and stuff, it's, I don't know, it's more like, I guess like intellectually stimulating because you really need to like double check everything and make sure all your details are correct to avoid any issues. Um, so that's the part I really like cause I'm a pretty like detail oriented person when it comes to that. And <laughs> sometimes people, my customers get a little upset sometimes like, wow, you're asking like a lot of questions. Like, well, <laughs> do you want me to like mess the shit up or like, do you want well, it to get there on time? Well, <laughs> it's like, do you I, like when your packages show up on time? Right. Do you, you like want to like have it arrive a day late? Yeah. Like, why would you, why would you not want to be specific about that? Right. That's Cause important. like even in the, in the environment I work now, I mean, there's, you know, 10 other people that basically do the same thing that I do for the same company. And I mean, you'll have different personality types and there's some people who kind of have a more like relaxed, you know, like, Hey, I've moved on this before. We can do it on that. It's like, like, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> I got to ask you every time, Hey, can you do this? Can you do this to make sure everything's right? And I mean, there's always going to be a percentage of your movements that are going to mess up for unforeseen reasons. No matter how well you prepare, stuff's just going to go wrong. I mean, that's, Sure, with pretty much anything in life, right. but 
I've also noticed that on the stuff that I move, generally there are less issues because I'm so thorough and detail oriented to make sure that, you know, hey, everything is where it's supposed to be and moving how it should be. So what is something that would be good to know for someone who's considering this as a job opportunity? One thing is, unless you come out with a degree or some kind of previous sales experience, you're probably going to have to start like at the bottom, mm-hmm. you know, loading trucks, unloading trucks or loading airplanes and stuff like that, which can be kind of cool again. Cause I mean, like you're, you get to go on big planes and stuff. If you, if that's like the part you're assigned to, um, but I mean, it is a pretty like manual labor, so it's intense. Um, and especially because a lot of these places are basically just big warehouses. So in the summer when it gets humid, like, you know, in the Midwest here it does yeah. like, it can be kind of miserable cause it's like, it's like 99 and it's hundred percent humidity at like midnight. Like, how does that happen? I don't know. <laughs> but then, you know, conversely, in the wintertime, oh, hey, the wind chill's negative 10 today. All right, let's go outside all night and load these planes. Like, you know, they give you protection and stuff like that. But even then, I mean, there's yeah. only so much. <laughs> you can wear 10 layers, but you're still like, I remember one uh, one of my first year, my first year or two at the first place I worked at, I worked at an airport. And I think the wind chill was like below 30 the whole night. And I was basically working outside the whole night. And no. literally like every five minutes, icicles were forming on my eyelashes. And I had to like hard blink to melt them. Because if I were to like try to like pull the ice off, I would pull just, eyelashes out. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> you basically laid up with no eyelashes, you know, soon enough. But I didn't want to do that. Yeah. I'd probably, I would probably just hold them, like melt the. I'm not that smart to do that, though. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get it away because it's like. It's just annoying to have icicles on the tips of your eyelashes. Yeah, I imagine that's not comfortable at all. No. Is there a specific type of person who maybe should avoid this line of work? Something that um, some people that wouldn't really be into it? I think typically like the more high strung type of person, the person that kind of gets flustered easily. And stressed out really easy. Stressed out. I mean, not able to keep a cool head. Cut, yeah. Though I would not, I would say they're probably not suited for the job. I mean, maybe, again, like on the lower end, I mean, there's less, you know, physical stress and mental stress are kind of, it's a seesaw, right? So the more physical stress you have, like the less you probably have to think about your job. Mm -hmm. And then conversely, the more you have to think about your job, you're probably like in an office setting at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe on the lower end, it would be okay. And maybe through doing that, and kind of learning the industry, you might be able to better cope and, you know, deal with things. Mm-hmm. And grow with it. Right. But one of the good things about working in the industry, because I'm like a pretty, I'd like to think I'm like a pretty calm, chill person. Most people are pretty calm and chill because, you know, most of the time you're dealing with customers and like any customer service, you're going to get yelled at and cussed out and stuff like that. And, you know, when you're talking with the carriers, they deal with the same shit. So when you talk to each other, it's like, we all know how this goes. Like, let's just be cool. And I mean, the language is kind of loose as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I mean, it, it can be a good and bad thing. Obviously, you want to be professional and everything like that. But um, it's kind of cool that you can just kind of like, almost like you're kind of talking to your buddy. Like, hey, yeah. I need to get this truck covered. Blah blah blah. So that's kind of a cool part of it. Oh yeah. Is it is it problem getting coverage for you to take vacations and your days off and things, or is 
the industry pretty much properly staffed just as that has a higher turnover rate? Um, I think when, I guess, maybe I should clarify a little bit. As far as like the higher turnover, that's like towards the bottom end, you know, okay. again, because it is so physically demanding or it can be. The people, people with their asses in their chairs like you are usually <laughs> sticking around. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at the bottom end, because it's so labor intensive, that's usually where you have your highest turnover. Although, I mean, you could probably say that about any industry, you know, at the bottom end, because people are like, I'm doing a lot of work and I'm not getting really paid for it well. Yeah, yeah. yeah ent- mean, entry level sucks everywhere. Right. I mean, and, but I mean, even with that entry level of freight, like UPS and stuff, you can make like, you know, 10 bucks, 11 bucks an hour, which is, you know, better than like food service. Oh, yeah, definitely. Page. Um, so I think that's why people, you know, are attracted to it. Like, that's why I was attracted to it, because, you know, I was working at a pizza place making like, you know, seven bucks an hour, working, you know, like 50 hours a week or whatever it was or 40 hours because they cut me off and then you know i work 20 hours a week and i'm making like the same take home i'm like oh this is pretty sweet yeah absolutely (laughs) so people are definitely attracted to that one of the interesting things about the logistics industry as well as you know like i I keep saying this but like any other industry you know you get to know people and people know people so you run into a lot of the same people but they kind of hop around to company to company um so you kind of can build relationships there um and there's always seems like you know, you can, there's a place to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so other industries like, you know, healthcare and stuff. I mean, you know, I could go anywhere in the country and do what I do. I mean, it's not like region specific. So you have pretty sweet job security then. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel confident, especially again with like the amount of experience I have for being how old I am. Like, I feel like if I were to ever, for some reason, lose my job or want to quit or whatever, I could find something comparable pretty quickly yeah and imagine even small cities like if cities like ours like toledo have hundreds of companies right already so you could probably literally go anywhere you throw a dart at the map and find a logistics company right i mean most i imagine a lot of places are like that i mean there's some like you know once you get start to get like west texas like amarillo and odessa and stuff like that like that's well, kind that's, of out there it's like flyover territory anyway right i mean exactly the great plains like all those flatlands <laughs> that no one goes to right i mean the midwest is great because you know it's like the gateway to the country because mm-hmm. that's why you know like fedex there like america's headquarters is in i believe lexington kentucky mm-hmm. uh dhl is in cincinnati and then ups is in louisville kentucky so it's like kind of like a centralized point um so around here yeah it's definitely easier i think just because even like the small trucking companies they realize like hey well especially you know, being in like with all the auto stuff, you know, like yeah, next to right Detroit, like a lot of like suppliers, like they're building cars, they need to move parts. So then, you know, just all that kind of stuff. Would you relocate? Oh, if, I'm, if you got an offer far away. Oh, yeah. I, I'm always open. I, I would like to at least one more time in my life move somewhere kind of completely different. Like, I mean, I was born and raised in Toledo. I've lived down, I lived down in Kentucky for a couple of years. It was like Northern Kentucky. That's where you started your career, right? No, I started up here in Toledo, but oh. then that place shut down. And, and then, you went to Kentucky for Yes. It. Okay, okay. So then, I mean, I, yeah, I would be really willing to relocate. And I was actually looking at, when I was a part of a bigger company, I was actually looking into that, but obviously nothing really turned about from that. But yeah, I mean, I'm single. I don't have any kids or anything, so why not? <laughs> Is there any specific place like that you have that's a dream job for you in this industry? Um, like if if they call if you got your pick, where would you go if you have that place? Right. Um, 
I don't know. There's a few places I've never really been to these places. So I don't really, you know, it might just be a fantasy, but I like Texas it would be a place I would like to go. Um, like kind of like Houston or Dallas area. I mean, it's going to be hot, but yeah. <laughs> um, maybe like I, I want to do like the North Northeast coast, maybe like Baltimore, or like Boston, something like that. I'm kind of always want to live in like a coastal city because I love seafood and just like watching like the food, like the travel channel. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. we're in Baltimore and we're eating like crab cakes and instead of like these crab cakes are just all crab. There's like no filler. Like the little parts in this crab cake is actual crab. Like that's amazing. Like I want to try that. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> or like go to like Seattle and let's like eat all the seafood there. It's like that'd be great. And I mean, it's all it's raining there and stuff, but I don't know. Something to deal with, I guess. Do you think that the industry as a whole is pretty good with benefits for the, the people in uh, your level? Yeah, I mean, even when you get to the entry level, uh, there's a lot of pretty good benefits as far as like, especially like healthcare, uh, like dental and vision and stuff like that. Like, that's kind of, again. How about retirement plans? Uh, there's 401k. Uh, generally speaking, it's just like 401k, depending on the employer, they match a certain percentage. I'm in love with my 401k right now, so oh, yeah. I think it's a huge, a huge uh, uh, opportunity for people. Uh, I think a lot of people don't really get taught about the options that they have, right? Um, and then when they get jobs that offer those things, they really don't understand those types of stuff, right? That's like my parents are like, if whatever they put in, whatever they match, because it's free money, yeah. And if you do it right away. Uh, you're not going to notice like a decrease in pay at all, especially right. like if you're exactly. going to take a job with more pay, like you're going to be making more money anyway. So, yeah, take an extra, you know, hundred bucks or whatever it is. Yeah, as I was telling him, I was, I was like, you know, if you look at this the right way, it's literally just take it as the company you work for is paying you an extra six percent. Oh yeah, every year to just put money away. Right. Exactly. So why not yeah. do that? Like the company I work for now, actually. Um, they pair with like certain investment companies and you can do like portfolio investing and stuff like mm. that. And you can, you could invest in like a higher risk type of options where it's more like stock related, or you could do like a lower risk where it's like mutual fund kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So even like at a smaller place like mine, something like that is available. And I'm sure, you know, obviously bigger places will have the same thing. And I imagine other companies will have that as well. So, I mean, overall, I think, the benefits are pretty good, especially the vacation time too. Um, even like when I was just like a grunt, you know, loading trucks and planes, you usually got a few days a year. Um, and they're pretty cool about like days off generally. Uh, most of the time there's enough staffing where, you know, as long as you give enough time, they'll say, Oh yeah, that's fine. You can take that day off. Um, okay. but like, you know, if someone, if like three people already called, you know, already requesting that day off like I'm like, like, nah. sorry dude. or you know especially like if sometimes like if, if you try to call us sick and it's like oh man like we already got people missing that happens sometimes you're just like uh, okay I mean if you just want me to be miserable all night fine <laughs> <laughs> I mean and sometimes you might go in with that like I've been I've gone to work sick and thankfully well like wasn't too crazy but it's like yeah. all right like I kind of gambled and kind of came on top of those other nights where it's just like I'm just getting my ass beat <laughs> tonight. Like I shouldn't have come in. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of being sick, do they offer you guys insurance? Like health insurance? Oh yeah. I mean, again, even when I was just like a base level employee, they were, they would give you health coverage. And then you could elect for like dental and vision as well. Nice. I mean, again, obviously it depends on the company, but 
I don't know. For some reason, I think just the the freight industry in general just kind of takes care of their employees. It's kind of like a high floor type of a thing where it's like you're getting paid more, and generally speaking, you're gonna start off with better benefits than probably most other like 19 year old kids are gonna be used to. Right. Like I was. Would you date somebody in your line of work? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of. <laughs> it's actually kind of funny because, you know talking to people within the industry like you know it's very easy to hit it off with them because mm-hmm. obviously you kind of deal with the same shit and you're like oh you can't you wouldn't believe what i dealt with today and they're like oh yeah well i had this happen to me it's just kind of escalates from there and again because it's one of those you know industries where you know people kind of know about it but don't really think about it so mm-hmm. when you meet someone else just kind of out in the blue and like oh wow you know about this stuff like yeah you know about this stuff it's like oh that's great yeah because they're doing exactly what you're doing right. just in a different building exactly yeah basically yeah, it's it's hit or miss but how much do you just hate truck drivers <laughs> what i'm doing right now <laughs> i actually don't physically talk to the actual drivers a lot uh-huh. um i basically just talk to their like their dispatchers but i imagine if i did talk to drivers directly i would probably hate them a lot more than <laughs> i kind of already do i mean i i kind of hate them because they're you tell them something like well i'm trying to get to this here old road and like you're trying to tell them directions they're like no well you got to go west on 90 west on 90 it's like what which way do i turn and you try to give them directions you're just like oh my god it's like put your left blinker on turn here it's, yeah it's, you said you don't deal with that now no not really i mean Every now and then I'll have a driver call and say like, oh yeah, I'm here to pick this thing up and something's fucked up. And mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, well, let me try to fix it. <laughs> so yeah, no, I just... Not too often. I just tell Joe that until we have one on the show, I'll probably just always hate them. Um, <laughs> I just, they're just awful. They're all awful people, I think. Um, I know it's my misconception. That's my bad. I'm working, I'm, I'm trying to work on my prejudices, but it just, for the most part, I just hate truck drivers. I can't wait for that podcast. <laughs> well, I gotta be straight with you here, it's like, Bill. Look, yeah, look, guy, I just want you to know that I fucking hate your kind. Well, I mean, and I there's probably drivers. some truck drivers that hate truck drivers. Oh, yeah. I mean, just like anything else, I mean, you, there are people you work with that you hate. Mm-hmm. I mean, even I work, I, where I work now, I work with people that I hate. And, you know, I deal with idiots, even though that's another thing, too, is about people not knowing about the freight industry. Like the people that I move this equipment for have no idea what it really takes to, to move, move things from yeah. a, to point A to point B. And like, well, I don't know why I paid you to do this. Like, well, because you can't even like fill out this one little thing correct on your paperwork. So that actually goes to the right place. Like, I don't know how many times. uh Basically, a document you would give to your shipper is called a bill of lading. Yeah. Basically, it has all your pickup information, your delivery information, what you're moving. Well, my customers decided to give like a rental ticket, which is like, oh, hey, here's your piece of equipment you're you're renting out. Like, well, you don't have the right delivery address on there. And like, you don't have the right billing address on there. So you're not going to be billed correctly. You're going to like, instead of our like discounted rates, you're going to get the Joe Schmo rate and pay like hundreds of dollars more. And then they, complain to you like well it was supposed to be a hundred dollars and now it's seven hundred dollars and you're just like well what's what's the bill lady you use like oh just use my rental ticket like uh, all right billy bob you gotta (laughs) yeah man it's just you you know there's a lot of jackassery and i don't have time for that i mean and obviously you know i'm not mean to it either like i do i fuck up and i do some stupid shit sometimes and uh, that's another thing too is um 
I mean, being kind of like a where I'm at now is more customer service related. Like you got to kind of think of yourself as an actor, in a, in a way. And like growing up, you know, I played music and stuff. And one of the things, like, if you make a mistake, you have to keep on going. Like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you mess up, like you didn't book a shipment, you're like, oh yeah, I booked it, but uh, you know, I think the they're just running a little behind today, kind of a thing. Like you have to do, you have to be confident, like confident mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. as long as you're always failing with style, nothing can possibly go wrong. I mean, and generally speaking, obviously, like if I make a mistake, I'm gonna be the first person to admit, like, hey, like I put this wrong thing on this paperwork, and now this is screwing up. Like that's my fault. I'm gonna fix it. I'll let you know when it's on its on its way and on track and stuff like that. Uh, but then. There's times where you you know you get so busy and you're dealing with so many things at one time something just slips your mind and you forget to like book a shipment or something you're like I was supposed to book that and you're like oh yeah the driver's side was running behind uh, is it okay if we pick up tomorrow <laughs> oh great thanks nice <laughs> like oh Jesus like that, right. that quick lie that pocket lie yeah I mean you gotta again because I've worked for other places where like no matter what happens like oh just blame it on weather because most places don't guarantee weather it's like it's an act of god like oh yeah. we can't predict weather i mean you can't so to a certain extent but like there's nothing you can do about it so like oh whatever's wrong just say it was weather like no just like if something's wrong like tell them what's wrong because i'd rather be like up front like hey this is what's happened it's your ship is being delayed i'm sorry we're working on it but i just want to let you know most i would say like 60 per maybe 60 to 70 percent of the time people are like you know, it sucks. I'm pissed off, but you know, yeah, hey, thanks for being straight up with me. And then the other thirty percent is like, well, well, my customer wasn't expecting this, and this is a million dollar account, and their plane's on shutdown right now for this piece of cable, whatever. It's mm-hmm. like, and that's one thing in my job now, because being construction equipment, there's like a lot of power plants and stuff like that. That's like their go-to lie. It's well, the plant shut down and they got people running around the clock and they're paying them overtime and all this stuff. It's, okay, I mean, I, I'm not gonna call you a liar, but I'm just gonna tell you that I'm gonna try to get there as fast as possible. So, I mean, it kind of goes both ways that way. I'm not gonna let you get uh, this over with until you mention your schedule because I think that's one of your biggest perks. Yeah. Um, what is your schedule like? Currently, my schedule, I work 8 to 5, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. I get an hour for lunch, so it's technically nine hours. Um, and where I'm at now, it's not like scheduled. It's kind of like when you can take it, kind of. I mean, I generally go at the same time every day, but there's times where you get slammed and busy, and you're like, well, I kind of have to put it off. And then there's sometimes I just don't go to lunch, or if I like bring lunch, I'll like eat I'm at my desk while I'm like still emailing people. And that happens more often than I would like it to. Um, but I mean, at the same time, I mean, I'm entitled to an hour. So worst case, I mean, I could technically I could just leave because you know, like I'm entitled to that hour. I can right. take it if I want to. But mm. just for, like the consideration of like my coworkers and customers, I sometimes might just work through it. Yeah, I mean, you don't want people to dick you over. <laughs> right. Yeah. But and then uh, like when I first started, um, most of the time when you start, it's third shift because you know, especially like these big hubs where they these companies consolidate all their freight and then move it out to the rest of the country. Well, they're going to do it at a time where, you know, they make their pickups throughout the day, bring it all to the, to the main terminal. They sort it overnight and then put their trucks and planes outbound, you know, like six, seven in the morning. Mm -hmm. So like when you're first starting, that's probably what you're going to be doing is like, 
I think. Not to mention anybody with tenure is going to take for a shift. Well, oh, well, people want to get to that, you know, as soon as possible. Like, oh, I've been working through shit for so long. I don't like it. Like, I actually didn't mind it. I mean, I was going to school when I first started, too. So I was kind of a zombie for a few years uh, because I'd get off work. If I if I slept after work, I wasn't going to wake up again. So I would stay up and then I would go to school all day, get home at like five at night sleep till like 11 and then go back to work and it was it's kind of painful like i think that's probably why i have trouble sleeping now because i i'm used to that like i think i train my body to like when i start feeling tired to become awake so like when i'm laying in bed i'm like i'm getting tired i'm like no i have to stay up i have to stay awake it's like oh god and it it takes me at least an hour to go to bed every night to wind down right exactly turn yourself into an insomniac right now once you start getting away i mean Third shift, I mean, the grunt work happens there, and then obviously a lot of the, like, operations, coordinations happen, or coordinating happens there. So, you know, people coordinating, like, planes coming in and out and stuff like that, like, a lot of that happens then, too. So there are office jobs while that's going on. But then when you kind of get away from those bigger companies, well, even there, because I worked first shift for one of those companies as well, because first shift is when people are you know, your normal businesses are operating. They say, hey, I need to mm-hmm. book this. Uh, I need I need to pick this up or I need to drop this off at your terminal, whatever. So that's when a lot of that stuff happens. And then, you know, the companies will go out and make their pickups. And then, again, at the end of the day, they'll bring it together. Third shift happens. They sort it and out, move it outbound. And then the process repeats itself. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, any shift you can basically think of, you can work in this business. I mean, there's first, seconds, and thirds. I mean, there's people, my first job, I worked Monday through Thursday, you know, like 1 a.m. to like 6 a.m. And when I was doing that, you know, I was loading planes and stuff. So it kind of like the operations dictated how much you worked. Mm -hmm. So like, hey, it's a really slow night. I might get out at like 5 a.m. Or like, wow, we were really busy. It's like 7.30 and I'm just not leaving. So there, there is some fluctuation there. Um, so I guess not much structure as far, I mean, you have like a structured start time, but your finish time is like whenever you're finished kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you start moving up, um, again, like the office type setting, that's more structured and regimented um, because you might only have coverage for certain things a certain amount of day. Like my office is open like seven to seven. So we only have people in our office, I'm, the account I work for from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., mm-hmm. So people work from like seven to four, eight to five, nine to six, or 10 to seven, and that's pretty much it. Uh, but again, based on the company, they can have different coverage levels. Yeah, all kinds of different shifts. Yeah, there's okay. a million different combinations. Would you recommend what you do to a, like a family member or somebody that you give a shit about? I mean, I think like anything, um, you know, if you work hard enough at it, I mean, you can get to a point where I mean, it's, I would say comfortable because I feel like I'm pretty comfortable with where I'm at now. Um, I know enough to know what to expect every day. I mean, obviously you get curveballs thrown at you, but I mean, after you do kind of the same thing for so long, obviously there's a level of comfort there. And I don't know, I think I would, but you have to get to that point. You have to work to get to that point too. Is I mean, So it's not like a short term type of a thing where it's like, oh, well, this is how much money you make. Like, that's pretty yeah. cool. Like, no, like I've been doing this for a while. So like, it's going to take a while, like anything, but 
once you get there, I think it'd be it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, progress. It takes it takes a process to get progress. Right, right. Um, well, would you do it all again? Um, knowing what you know now, I probably would. I mean, again, it's kind of one of those things where I've been doing it for so long, and I feel I'm pretty good at it. So I'm just kind of I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. <laughs> Because uh, when I was when I first started, you know, I was going to school. Like I played music throughout grade school, junior high, high school. Like I was going to college for music too, like music education and performance. Mm-hmm. And then keys. Well, um, I was. I've always been like a percussion and a, and a pianist. So like when I first started, I I had piano as my primary instrument. And then there's a certain point where I just like uh, I'm not really, because like learning piano, I kind of taught myself form wise so my form is like terrible Mm -hmm. and they only want to teach you classical at least the place i went to like i'm more interested in jazz piano Mm. so like well you have to have certain form and stuff and it's like i like i i'm like an ape that taught himself so like my form is terrible (laughs) but on the other side like in the percussion part like i actually took lessons throughout like high school and stuff for that so like my technique was actually pretty good so i eventually switched over to that and that was going pretty good but again when the first place I worked at shut down. Um, it's like, well, I don't have any money. <laughs> so I actually, right. that happened in like August of 2011, like right when classes started, we found out like a couple weeks before that and I, I had already registered. So I'm like, well, I'm gonna keep in these classes just to see if I can find a different job because I didn't wanna go back to food service again. And like nobody wanted, wanted me basically. I mean, at that point I was, like 22, 21, mm-hmm. 22, uh, 21 probably. So, I mean, not a lot of experience to work off of there uh, for something else within the industry. So probably nobody really gave rat's ass about me. So that's at that point, my brother actually got a job down in Kentucky. He was like an office worker cause he was already working at the office at the place we both worked at. Mm-hmm. Well, I was still like grunt level. Like, oh, yeah, you know, their operations are hiring, you know, basically making the same what you were before. And it was like 11 bucks an hour. I'm like, all right. So I just kind of moved down there kind of on a whim sort of a thing. Um, but, yeah, it's probably a long-winded answer. But <laughs> no, it, I mean, it's That's fine. Good. It's it, wrapped, it wrapped all into where we needed to be. Yeah. So is there anything that we didn't talk talk about or touch on about the freight industry um, and logistics that you want to get out before we start asking you a bunch of random questions? <laughs> well, there's a, there's a lot of different labels on how you can move freight and different labels for what people's roles are in moving that freight. Mm-hmm. So the primary role would be like a carrier. So I, again, think about the big three like FedEx, UPS, uh, like DHL type people they're kind of all encompassing because they can do everything but there are only certain people who are like I will truck this point A to point B but you got to drop it off at my dock and then you got to pick it up from my dock whereas like with FedEx and UPS like we'll pick it up from your house move it and then deliver it to the place mm-hmm. so there's different levels of service there then you get into like freight forwarding and stuff like that. Um, so one of the carriers that I worked for, you know, they would have planes and they would have space. Well, they would only fill a certain amount of space on the plane. And so like, well, we just don't want to sh- have empty space on planes. 
So they create a sub, like a department within their own company to basically go out to the other people and offer like cheap rates. Say, hey, we're, we can move your bulk items or like your big ugly stuff that like nobody wants to take. Like we'll take it for like a, a good price. And of course, you know, people want to move stuff cheaply. So like, yeah, why not? And basically the whole idea behind that is even though your profit margin, so to speak, on that is pretty much nothing. Like you're filling space on planes. Yeah, you're maximizing the, the space, you're, 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 the money you're making off of each move. Right. And but in, re, in all, I guess, honesty, like the one place I worked at, I mean, basically those departments, like the department I worked at, it had no overhead because your planes are already going to be there. Your trucks are already going to be there. Like all you're doing is selling the space in this plane. Yeah, because so all you're doing is it's a pure profit, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, because your operating costs are basically going to be the same no matter what. I mean, there's more freight for you to sort and to like plan on planes and trucks. Right. So that takes a little bit of manpower, but everything else is basically pure profit at that point. Yeah, because the idea is that the overhead's covered by the freight you already sold. Yes. And that you're just making sure that the right, you just cram as much shit in there as possible so right. you get as much money out as you can. Right, right. So an- another thing, too, um, I guess, I guess getting a little more detailed here about air freight specifically and, like, how pricing works and stuff like that. Um, now, I mean, freight in general for – if you just want to ship like a letter and stuff, because you're not a business and you don't do it all the time, it is kind of expensive. Like, hey, I need to return this item to like Newegg because it doesn't work. Like, well, you gotta pay for your own shipping back. It's like, well, it's gonna be like 30 bucks mm-hmm. to like a seven day UPS ground to like California. Like, well, that kind of sucks, but yeah, I spent $300 for this thing, so I guess I'll lose a little bit to get mm-hmm. the rest of the money back. Um, and one, I mean, weight obviously is the main thing that determines your how much you pay and like the size of it too so what people call like density so what people don't want to move is really big really light freight you'll pay a lot for that because they want to basically put as much weight as they can so they want like if you're shipping like metal bars like wow this is great freight because it's super heavy and it doesn't take up a lot of space and you can offload it quickly like mm-hmm. you're gonna but fill you it up your truck some quickly. big shit that doesn't weigh anything right so you know one company i worked for i mean we would move like helicopter blades and stuff and you need to like really plan ahead for that and like there are certain planes where like the nose of the plane will actually flip up and you can load extremely long items that way and that's how they would load these big helicopter blades because it's too big to fit in like the standard door um and i guess going down that line too um you know there's like your actual weight and then there's something called chargeable weight and the difference between those is uh basically you know any freight you have like your density like your cubic feet of how big your freight is well, what the air freight companies will do is, you know, say you have a piece that takes up 2% of the total weight a plane can take. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the volume of that piece takes up 10%. Mm-hmm. They're going to charge you for 10% of that plane. Yeah, yep. because they could make this same, I mean, they could make more money with the, the same amount. Right, because I mean, you're filling that space. Mm-hmm. Um so people don't understand that and there's like a certain mathematical formula that carriers use to determine that basically they're equating volume to mass in in the number so like 
your actual weight's 100 pounds, but your chargeable weight's 500 pounds. Even though it only actually weighs 100 pounds, we're going to charge you for 500 pounds because you're of the space. 500 pounds of space. So one of the things I dealt with a lot was you would book a shipment and you say, and when I worked with the carrier, the carrier would give you a piece of paperwork saying, hey, here's what you booked. Here's your weight. Here's your chargeable weight going from here to here. Make sure everything's correct before you tender this. Tender meaning give it to us mm-hmm. because once you do, it's finalized. You can't alter this anymore. Now, I don't know how many times I've had people call because the one carrier I worked with, I basically worked in like pre-billing. So I sent out like reweight emails. I worked with like service failures and stuff like that. It's like, well, this thing only weighed 100 pounds. Why are you charging me 600 pounds? Like, well, your dimensions were this. So we're charging you for that. Well, that's bullshit, blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, you already tended to freight. There's nothing you can do like we told you when we gave you this to make sure everything's correct. And I actually... (laughs) I, I had a guy get fired because he kind of went off on me mm-hmm. and he went on this like tirade for like 10 minutes and I was like, well, this is our terms and conditions. He's like, terms and conditions? Why are we talking about my fucking terms and conditions? And he went like, he went <laughs> off the wall. He's like, if I had a girl come over and I said I was going to shove a bottle up her ass and just like, he kind of like went off that route. I'm just like, okay. And I'm trying not to <laughs> laugh this whole time. Like this is, I want to so laugh so hard, but I'm just like, mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> because at least you're on the phone. You're not doing this in person. Right, exactly. So I'm just like sitting there and I'm like, I'm really ho- I really hope they're recording this conversation right now because this would be hilarious to listen to later. Yeah. Uh, so stuff like that happens. Um, yeah, but it's so like chargeable weight. Um, well, I guess that's kind of one of the main things I want to talk about, though, but kind of peeling it back a little bit. So like your carrier, your freight forwarder. Um, as far as like different carrier types, there's two major kinds, what's called like an asset-based carrier. So like a company physically has trucks. They say, okay, I have two cargo vans in my fleet or whatever. Mm-hmm. So if I'm gonna move anything, it's gonna be with my company, with my- Your vans. own assets, yeah. Right. And then there's things called brokers, where a broker is basically just a third party. Like you go to them and then they reach out, that person reaches out to the asset-based carriers and says, hey, I need to move this. What can you do it for? What can you do it for? Kind of compile it together and then say, hey, here's what I can, here's the rates I have. Which sounds really stupid because it's like you're creating a middleman. But when you realize, like early, when you said there's like a thousand carriers within like a 50 mile radius, like where do you even begin calling and finding out what types of trucks these people have and yeah. getting set up with their billing? So instead of yeah, it's being the same, set up with it's like the same a, like mentality as like those like hotels.com or Travelocity. Those, yeah. It's like we'll compile every single one of these websites and figure out who has the best deal. Right, exactly. Because it's like, okay, well, I don't have time to do all this myself. Mm-hmm. So and, it's shopping for you. And also, that actually, that's probably, I have to go back, that's probably the biggest misconception that I actually had about it because I think like why would you have somebody else do all this stuff like people aren't even physically like seeing the freight. Like I don't physically see any of this freight that I'm moving. Like why would they have me do this? Right. <laughs> well, you know, having someone do the work for you, you're only talking to one person instead of like 10. Mm-hmm. So just obviously convenience is part of it. But at the same time too, when you're talking about these big carriers, uh, like they move enough freight with these big carriers that they have heavy discounts. So talking like before, if you're just, you know, whoever wanting to ship this package, they FedEx might charge you 200 bucks to do it. 
where they might charge this guy 80 bucks and then he puts his markup on it and charges you 100. Mm-hmm. Well, you're saving 100 bucks. Yeah, I'm going to save 100 bucks. Let's do it. And that guy's like, okay, well, I just made 20 bucks. That's Not great. Not to mention you're providing them with business. I mean, you are a lead generator, really. Well, yeah, that's too. I mean, um, yeah, it's, it seems like it benefits every party at that yeah. point. Right. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a. It's like the circle of life, you know. Yeah, every, it's, it's all symbiotic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, hold uh, hey, up. Like everyone's lion. feeding everyone. <laughs> it's like Africa, and everyone's just trying to hunt down for the precious freight that's out there. Um, so yeah, that's again, that's probably actually the biggest misconception I had because, like, like again, why would these people do this stuff? Well, I like how that rounded out because I think that is exactly where we needed to head was your biggest misconception. I'm glad that yeah. through the... Right. I, I, you, that you, asked that, there. You, you asked that earlier, <laughs> yeah. and I kind of... I really didn't think about it. And I actually, you know, think about coming on here and doing this, like, I actually thought about what I just said, but I, I had already forgotten about it. Yeah. yeah. That kind of happens a lot, too, with, like, how many how much stuff I deal with. Like, every day is kind of like a reset, and I'm just like, oh, I don't care. I'm just going to yeah. reset. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing. Um, the, amount, the amount of people we see every single day, it's like, uh, I, I don't have, I, I process it while it's happening. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, I'm just like, I, my brain literally would break if I, try to, if I try to contain all of this information all the time, so I just flush it all out. Like, useless. I can't, it's, yeah, it's, it's not. It's, it's, this information's stupid. I don't need it anymore. It's Keep done. what you need. Exactly. Not what you might need tomorrow. <laughs> You'll remember it then. So, honestly, it seems to me, my assessment is it seems like you like your job more than you're willing to give yourself credit for or admit. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty... I try to be modest, and I try to, like... I guess toot my own. You seem pretty happy. I mean, you seem happier than you seemed about the pizza you were making. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. That's. (laughs) I I don't want to go back to food service. Um, Yeah, I definitely like it a lot more than that. And uh, I mean, I can sit down on my job too. So that's. I. (laughs) I'm a lazy piece of crap now because I, I sit down at a desk all day. So I'm not. I'm not in great shape because I'm not lifting heavy packages all the time. So like, I need to get a gym membership or something and <laughs> start working on that. Um, well, let's uh, let's move into some some quick fun questions. Okay. How's that sound? Sounds good. Uh, Switching gears. Josh always starts with the same question. It literally is the same. It's always the same. And okay. my question is, tell us about your first kiss. Now, the story I'm going to tell is the first kiss that I received because I can't remember the first kiss that I gave. Hold okay. on. Oh, you mean the first kiss that you didn't initiate? Right. Okay, because at first I was thinking, how many girls didn't kisses do back? <laughs> <laughs> and in my head, there was a montage yeah. of a lot of angry middle schoolers. It's like, well, I'm just sitting there like, is that it? <laughs> but Tearing through the playground. <laughs> Go, just go kissing on. red people like, huh? huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, all right. So rewind back to the young, tender age of about four or five. Oh, uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. How many kisses did you give before then? No, this is, I didn't, again, this is the first kiss I received. Okay. Because, as you'll find out, um, I didn't give it back. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. I misunderstood. Right. So I was about four or five, and... My parents had friends, and they had a daughter. So I have three older brothers. So they were our friends' parents were out doing something. So they had my older brothers babysit, and then my my parents left and did something. So it's basically just four boys and this girl at home. 
my two oldest brothers were playing Kid Chameleon that's on the Sega Genesis in the living room. Oh, it's a good game. And then I'm the youngest, and then my the second youngest brother and I, and then this girl were upstairs playing whatever. I don't remember. Well, at one point, I'm going to assume at this point it was her idea. I was like, oh, let's go play hide and seek. Okay, well, who's going to who's gonna search first? Oh, well, let's have your brother search first. Okay, so it's me and her. We got to hide somewhere. She's smooth. Oh, yeah. Five Wait, was oh, she your age? Yeah, yeah. Okay. She's well, smooth they they say years. girls develop quicker. Yeah. Like, this is the part where I was like, yeah, like, she had this shit planned out. <laughs> yeah, you got game, dude. Oh, you yeah. I mean, if that happened now, I'd be like, wow, this is awesome. This is great. Yeah. But, you know, five years old, <laughs> girls. Yeah. But uh, so she's like, okay, well, hey, this, you know, let's find a place where he can't find us. Like, okay, the bedroom closet. <laughs> There's wow. a lot. There's a lot of clothes and stuff in there. So let's. Well, we we gotta get pretty far back in it's there. It's been okay. at least seven minutes. I haven't. <laughs> so we crawl back in here, and we're like, it was a, a long and narrow closet. So we're kind of already squished up against each other a little bit, and then, and then I I don't remember like if anything preceded her kissing me or she just like kissed me, but like you know when you've been kissed, and then four year old me when I was. <laughs> I bust out of this closet. I'm running through the house. Ah, Gracie kissed me. Gracie kissed me. Oh my god! And my brothers are playing, kicking me like, like, what the hell are you doing? And then, so, I freaked out. Now, the later part comes. My friend's parents get home. Oh yeah, we'll drop her off. So we all bundle up in our van, go over there. Oh, we have a funny story. Guess guess what happened? Oh, jo- Jordan kissed Gracie, and I'm uh, like, no, no, that's not what happened. She kissed me, and they're all laughing and looking back at us, like just stupid, you know, just little kids, whatever. Yeah. But I'm like, freaking like Ace Attorney defending myself over here, like I object, like this yeah. is not happening. <laughs> and parents were like, overruled. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, Did they believe you? Like, we don't give a... No, they, they didn't give a shit. Yeah. yeah, they're like, oh, whatever, like, the cute little kids. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid kids doing exactly. They're just like, yeah. And, of course, I took their don't care attitude for just like, no, we we don't believe you. We believe her. Like, no, like, you're all against me. <laughs> I'm just hoping that at this age you were the spitting image of uh, the monkey kid from Jumanji. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I... The first time I was called a monkey... <laughs> was fourth grade we had a substitute teacher and he's like, oh you look like a monkey and then everyone laughed so i was like at probably around fourth grade is when i started looking like the kid from jumanji not when he was a kid but of course when he was a monkey, was a monkey yeah. <laughs> but I, not that i can like grow facial hair or anything but just like bone structure <laughs> yeah yeah um what's your favorite um dessert ice cream Without was, a doubt. not even a question what uh, kind of ice cream um if you don't say cookies and cream, you're fucking wrong. No. I'm not going to say cookies and cream. Oh, I'll take butter pecan. I'm not going to say butter pecan. Jesus Christ, these answers are awful. Well, in my upper tier, um, like mint chocolate chip, mm. uh, there's a company that makes a mint chocolate chip fudge brownie. Mm. That's really fucking good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, just like ice cream sandwiches. I like those a lot because it's like... Those just, are good. Just plain chocolate and vanilla like i'll just get like a chocolate or vanilla milkshake like i don't know i'm a basic bitch the m&m ice cream <laughs> sandwiches are the fucking best that m&m, McFl- m&m mcflurries are pretty good although they never stir well enough so you get all the m&ms up top and you're like well up to the bottom of this and it's just 
vanilla ice, ice cream. cream. It's like, well, I mean, I love M and M's, but like, it's just too many M and M's up top. So oh, you gotta yeah. like mix that shit up. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Really, like any type of ice cream. I like. I haven't had like a bad ice cream. I'm like, oh, this is disgusting. But like, obviously, I like some more than others. But I'm not like a huge cake or pie fan. I know I'm not American, but I don't know. I just if you're getting into some Neapolitan at like a birthday, are you taking a little bit of all three? Mm, probably. Um, but I would probably stick more to like chocolate and vanilla than like strawberry. I mean, I like sherbet too, but I guess just strictly like ice cream. Really, I mean, if I'm hitting the Neapolitan, I'm always, I'm always like just leaving that chocolate behind, that strawberry, that vanilla is romantic. I'm taking all three. Right. Yeah. Like when I was a, like, as intended. Like thinking as a kid, like getting an ice cream cone, like I always get a swirl because you get chocolate and vanilla. Like I just like chocolate and vanilla. Yeah. I can eat either like endlessly. (laughs) If you could have any animal as a pet, what would you take? Like, I don't know because there's like some shit you would get as a pet just to be like an idiot like yeah like i have like 50 snakes or whatever like, like when guys buy jackals and shit like a like, bo- like i have this big boa constrictor it's like 10 feet long it dude strangle me in my sleep <laughs> like oh it's like i bought a hyena yeah like, like oh okay dude. uh okay like a bad uh, i guess i would say maybe like a wolf because it's like a dog but just like bigger Angry. and more badass and you're kind of always like on the edge with that thing and like nobody's gonna fuck with you you have a wolf next to you that's true that's true except if you're the Starks but anyway yeah <laughs> didn't help any of those kids <laughs> so I mean I guess that'd be similar to kind of what I've already had before like a dog mm-hmm. like I wouldn't want like a hyena or like I have a pet octopus or like something like I don't know even if, if you could train them I don't know it's just like if I'm gonna have a pet like I don't want it to like being a, like a I don't want like a bird that's gonna be like in a cage all the time. Like oh, I'm gonna play with my bird. All right, that's it. Like shut up for twelve more hours before I want to come see you again. Like I don't know. It's more of a companion than oh, yeah. I want you to try to imagine the handle animal check you need to roll on a pet octopus. <laughs> <laughs> it's be much harder to clean up after like the other types of animals and the crazier types of animals like an octopus. The upkeep yeah. on an octopus is probably kind of insane yeah then you, whether or not it likes you you go try to pet it and it just like camouflages itself you're like oh okay like a, <laughs> good night go back to being lonely <laughs> <laughs> i didn't want a friend <laughs> um so uh i know that you are like me and we are both uh anime trash watching uh goons mm-hmm. what have you watched recently that you enjoyed um i had to look at my crunchy roll list because it's called like Anytime there's like a break in the show, it's called like Tanya the Devil. Um, shoot, I gotta look this up. It's okay. basically the whole premise of the show is basically this like ten year old girl is in like it's basically like fix, it's like a bizarro world, World War Two, okay. where there's like fighter planes and stuff like that. Well, this ten year old girl is like like a commanding officer in this army and she's just well she's the devil because like she's like super badass and like kills people like it's nothing everyone's like everyone's like <laughs> concerned about like the morality of war she goes yeah let's just go ahead and uh, kill all these guys and uh let's like go home for the day let me go yeah it's called saga of tanya the devil okay it's on Crunchyroll. um they just had episode eight air that's I just looked at my list. So that's probably my favorite newer one that I watched. Okay. Um, 
So I'm I'm big in like Shonen and how you pronounce it? Shonen like, stuff. Yeah, like action type stuff. I mean, like Dragon Ball Super. Super's um, been so good. Like they just got done with like the exhibition tournament, so that was pretty cool. I haven't I haven't watched any of the um the new tournament stuff yet. Got it. I just uh, finished all the filler before that. I'm gonna start that sometimes. Yeah. Like even that stuff's kind of funny too. I mean, I'm still up to date on Naruto. I mean, they've had so much filler. Like I actually kind of like. Isn't the, that over? No. They're doing. There's been so much filler. Like when they're fighting uh, Madara and mm-hmm. um, Kaguya. There's that's that's her name. I can't remember now. It's been a while. But there was so much filler in there that was like actually ridiculous. But like now they're like leading up to like Naruto's wedding and stuff like that. So they're like, oh, like what wedding gifts are we gonna get and stuff? Which it's still oh, filler. So, yeah, this is all filler. Yeah. It's still filler. But like that stuff, I actually kind of enjoy because you, you know, I mean, I don't know. Because you've I'm been with plug. this character for 9,000 episodes, so. Yeah, or, yeah. Um, yeah, or 900 chapters, like Bleach. Right. I did actually watch that, too. But I guess they, they stopped after a certain point. Like, the manga keeps going. The, the, yeah, the manga, well, the manga ended now as well. Oh, okay. But Bleach ended after one of the arcs. There's, like, there's not enough, like, draw for this show. And we wasted all our budget doing so many stupid filler arcs that we just, like, this show is pointless to watch. Well, I actually Googled. Uh, somebody put out, like, if you're going to watch Bleach, watch in this order so it's I skipped all the filler mm-hmm. so there's you know sometimes when you skip a lot of filler like when you first get back like oh hey you have this new ability like well what the fuck is this and then like two episodes you're like alright I already know what that is alright cool I don't need to watch that shit <laughs> yeah, I don't need to watch any of that anymore um, another one that kind of I, I didn't I, I watched it because it was like a sports anime was uh, Yuri on Ice Yuri on Ice dude that was really good you know what a lot of people talk shit about it because, like, because like some of the like the sub like subject matter. Oh, yeah, a lot of a lot, a lot of a lot of dudes can't handle like boy love. But right. I will tell you that show is that one like from an artistic standpoint, mm-hmm. the the fact that these animators have such like mastery over drawing human form. Oh yeah. Because like it's so fluid, and these dudes look like figure skaters. And they were even saying like figure skaters, like yeah, that looks correct. Like yeah, it's like yeah, they like they, triple they, sow cows and all that. Like that actually looks like how it would look. Yeah, and I learned a bunch. Of, I learned a bunch of, like jargon for figure skating that, oh, I, yeah. that I never would have known or cared about before. I'm just like, oh, they made me care about figure skating. Right. Like, And not just like figure skating, but dudes figure skating. But I guess the most, the most interesting, or the part that drew me in about that was like just the, obviously like the romantic part about it. Mm-hmm. Like any other time I see like a romance in an anime, it's like, ah, it's like romance, whatever. Like, eh, they're going to fuck eventually. But like this was like, I was actually like, like will they won't they where's right. it gonna go I, yeah i was i was totally drawn in i was like oh my god like this is amazing like i have to watch it and of course they all freaking do it the episode ends like at a super cliffhanger and you're just like i can't wait another freaking week just like i need next week to be here please <laughs> yeah that show is very good it's yeah. a very good show so just the just the couple i mean i have a bunch on my like on my watch list i need to watch um but I, just a couple that stand out for right now excellent I just started making Becca watch Food Wars. Yes. And she uh, oh. she likes it, so oh, I'm really excited. Well, I like it because <laughs> we're good, I guess, um, tangent here on this for a little bit, but um, I liked it because the first time I even ever heard or saw anything about this, a friend of mine posted a video on Facebook from like the first episode where that lady eats, and, like, oh, we're going to shut you down if you don't make me something amazing. It's just like. Yeah, they root all the meat. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just like basically you bite into it, and it's like an orgasm happening. Yeah, everyone explodes with and juices. that I laughed so hard. Like the first like two episodes, it was basically like that shock value. Like wow, like this is hilarious. This is funny, mm-hmm. but it was very smart because it kind of pulled back from that and actually like got into the plot points. 
But every now and then they would still give you that. So it's like, yeah, yeah like everyone's one of those like the, the, that giant over the top, like here's the craziness. Right. And then you realize I'm like, this show is ex- like the, my favorite part of that show is my favorite part of Iron Chef, which mm-hmm. is also one of my favorite shows. But when they're when they're explaining their dish mm-hmm. and the the main kid Soma, like when he explains his dishes, it's always like with flair and bravado. Yeah. So, you know, he's always explaining what he's making and you're like, this all seems like reasonable food. Yeah. Like well, this is all like real food that you can make. Right. Like I'm not uh, like a chef or anything, but I mean, it's very believable. Like when they say, like, oh, well, I cooked it in this to give it this flavor profile and stuff. Like, yeah, I feel like I'm watching like the Food Network, yeah. but like an anime form. And it's like, wow, this is awesome. And then, like, well, they're obviously just like in general, I like competition type shows mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so that kind of right up my alley. Like, well, how's he going to score? Is he going to get through? I mean, some disbelief or belief is suspended but like obviously like the main character is going to go on right like of course. They're, they're not going to do it what sometimes that they throw a curveball like yeah, it, oh um it, uh haikyuu i think is what it's called the mm-hmm. volleyball like they actually like lost at one point and like they had to start the second season because of it like yep. that was kind of cool um because you're like even then because i'm like like they have to make it right i'm like well this is like the 25th episode so they're probably not going to make it because you know they only go for about 25 episodes yeah. uh so it, that kind of sucks because it's like like you use a dnd term you're like metagaming yeah because like i want to believe this is going to happen but based on these realistic factors that's probably like, yeah, not gonna be. plus i know anime so well i know how it's gonna go and yeah no i like i like when certain shows kind of throw a convention to the wind and mm-hmm. give you something uh, out of the ordinary right is there anything that you want to plug? Um. Um, not really anything specifically. The only thing I can think of is, like I was saying earlier about like seeing that Facebook video about people cutting off like truck drivers and stuff. I mean, tell people to not drive like idiots is like probably something you hear about every day. But one thing that... But I'm, somehow still not enough. Right. One thing I remember from Driver's Ed that I want to do a little PSA on that I still remember is talking about like passing like semis or any like big trucks. Like if you're on a two lane highway, you're both in the right lane. You want to pass them because they're going slow. You'll go around them, but you want to get back in the right lane. Make sure you can see the entire front of that vehicle in your rear view mirror and then switch lanes. So that gives them enough space so that if for some reason you guys need to stop, there's enough distance between you that they can happen because Again, if you don't do that, and for some reason you slow down or break for any reason, they have not enough room. Yeah, there's no reaction there. Yeah, what's the rule about being too close to semis? Like, if you can't see something in their mirror... Like, if you can't see their mirrors and they can't see you... And they can't see because, you, you're too close to them. Right, exactly. I think every semi I've ever seen in my entire life says on the back, if you can't or, see my mirrors, I can't see you. And then, how's my driving? 1-800. 1-800. Shit drive. Fuck off. <laughs> 1-800, don't tell my boss I'm drunk. <laughs> That's too many numbers. <laughs> oh, it's extension. <laughs> well, I think this was very informational. Um, and, a, and a pretty fun and rad time. Uh, Josh? I, I, I agree. It was fun and rad. And Jordan? I appreciate you having me on. No, we appreciate you coming. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Set Your Expectations. I believe so. Or SYEcast. I thought that was Twitter. That's Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Twitter's at SYECast. A little less active there. So Instagram or, you know, shout out to us on Facebook because you probably saw us there already. Um, I mean, you can follow us individually on Twitter. We're pretty tight there. Uh, I'm at Joe of the Sound. And I'm at Josh Witty Justice. Dougie, where are you at? I am at 
Eth, Eth. That's E E T H. Just do that twice. Yep. And you'll find them. <laughs> That's Eve. a nickname from a while ago. Oh, yeah. As is Dougie, which I just called you without any, without any reference to that. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost did it earlier, but I was like, Jordan? <laughs> so, Dougie, Eve, or Jordan. It's my government name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the the one on the social security card. Yeah. Well, it's been splendid. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, leave a, Drop us a nice little review. or um, Yeah, with five stars or as many stars as you can muster. You can ra- you can range from five to five. Um, yeah, just max, as long as it's five stars. stars. As long as it's five stars, you can really just Raise be honest. Yeah. For only five stars a day, you can support <laughs> yeah. this podcast. Absolutely. That's what it's all it takes. But if you feel like you have some shit that you want to get off your chest that people, people need to know about, let me know. Yeah, you can email us at setyourexpectations at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on the Twitter or the Instagram or, you know, uh, Joe's phone number is... <laughs> <laughs> on the go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's been splendid. Yeah, catch you guys later.